This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Priya Lee. You're listening to Her Vantage, and this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. Sustainability in construction holds the utmost significance due to its profound implications for the environment, society and economy. And it is essential to tackle the challenges associated with energy consumption, greenhouse gas emissions, waste generation and resource depletion in order to address climate change effectively. Through innovative urban planning, Lend Lease aspires to create spaces that optimize resource utilization, encourage biodiversity, and increase the resiliency of the built environment. And is also committed to creating a $250 million Aussie dollars, which is close to $800 million ringgit of social value that refers to the positive impact made on people and society as a result of the mitigation efforts by 2025 through shared value partnerships. I'm here today with Land Lease's Sustainability Director, Dr. Yasmin Rashid, to find out more. Good morning, Dr. Yasmin. Good morning, Frida. It's good to see you again. And I've seen you with many hats when you started with Eco Nights. Tell me, you know, why did you decide to join uh, Landy's? A couple of things. I mean, you've known me in the nonprofit and community space from, from a decade ago. I think I was having a, I guess, a, a pivotal moment where I felt that I've reached the maximum that I can do within the nonprofit space. That's one. I was actually looking for something more challenging. Number two, I spent quite a number of years in Econites really grooming up and beefing up the leadership skills of a much younger team for Econites. And when I felt that they were, you know, you can never be 100% ready, right? I, I felt that I need to make that leap. And I also thought that after so many years advocating for sustainability, I guess from a different perspective, I thought that I would challenge myself to go into the industry. And I specifically chose an industry that was actually had a lot of sustainability elements focused on it, hence construction. And we all know we all need a roof over our heads. We, we need offices, we need places to play, and construction is something that creates places for people. Right. And my motivation was how can we innovate places to be more sustainable, to house people at the same time, you know, tackle issues related to climate change. So I saw going to the industry side as really putting my knowledge into motion or action. And I just wanted to just stretch myself and see what are the areas that I'm really lacking in sustainability that I can beef myself up right, um, right. and also just to be out there doing more industry-led kind of changes. Right. You know, when you first joined, right, incorporating sustainability, what were the first few priorities and, you know, why were these crucial to start with? The first priority when I joined in 2019 was to really look at how we would embed our global sustainability framework, localize it to the projects that we were constructing or building uh, in KL, specifically TRX. And 
we're great. We've got this framework that is basically our Bible that guides all our projects globally. But when it comes to implementing in the country, we all have our different challenges and limitations in the country. So it was to really put implement that and to really work my way with our internal stakeholders and externally to look at what is the sweet spot to drive sustainability for construction. And at the time when I joined, we were also about to announce globally to the world that we are going to go on this net zero carbon and absolute zero carbon journey. And that was perfect. So we've got this framework and now we've got a plan on how we're going to drive sustainability and tackle climate change. And then my task is really to sell sustainability, get my directors to be supportive, believe in it and to, you know, work hand in hand with me to deliver that. You know, in the construction sector, cost is a very sensitive issue. Right. And in the past, I remember my first year, every time I walk in the office, most people would go like, oh, sustainability is here. Oh, what do they want? Is this going to cost me more? So I had to, you know, do a bit of reverse engineering internally to really get everyone to feel very comfortable with me that I'm not coming here to push things down your throat that this is something you do. But I, I wanted all of us to be on the same page and have the same purpose. Right. So it was a bit psychological, you know, to just get everyone to feel that, okay, we, we've got a plan. Let's hold hands and, right. and walk together towards it. Right. And I guess when you talk about challenges, it's always the human element, right? The sustainability officers like the auditor. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Actually, Frida, good that you mentioned it. I think people management is is a key aspect of making sustainability work. Mm. You can have the best frameworks, but if you don't know how to, you know, work your inroads or so, it's really hard to get people right. to support you. Right. So when did this whole journey begin, actually? What year was this? 2019, right before oh, covid God. Mm. And then and that came new challenges. <laughs> yeah, and then came new challenges. So it kind of hampered my work a little bit in terms of putting things into motion, but it also allowed me to sit back a little bit and, you know, get to know the team better. Right. Because construction is so different, Frida, right? Like from the hat I wore previously and to where I am. So, I, I mean, in a way, I'm quite thankful that COVID came. It allowed me the opportunity to get to know the people better. Right. And then when it was done, I mean, it was just putting things into motion. And I think it's an important message as well that it's not going to happen overnight. It's a journey and which hasn't ended. Yeah. And will never end. It will never end, Frida. I just hope I live long enough to see all the fruits of the labor. Okay, you mentioned the sweet spot. So what's the sweet spot? The sweet spot is when... I'm no longer needed to drive sustainability and when everyone has it embedded in it. And I see that change happening in Landlease gradually as well as we do our in-house training and as we have our own internal discussions. I think the other different units are seeing that sustainability used to be highlighted as a one-line item, singled out. Okay. Right. But they all realise that sustainability in the years to come is already embedded in everyone's work. So that is an ideal state, which I think will still take time to happen. Okay, so we'll talk about the exchange TRX, right? How does Lenny's integrate sustainability into its projects? 
So as I mentioned earlier on, we've got our global sustainability framework that helps us then design what is the local, the Exchange TRX's sustainability strategy. Our main focus with the Exchange TRX is how can we build and design a up-and-coming luxury mall with future-proofing in mind, poised for resilience. So a couple of things, we've done many to ensure that we are designing and building sustainably and also tackling climate risk and items. So just for example, we are the first mall in town to undertake a climate risk analysis and assessment of the development and we have produced this report on our website it's actually it's actually quite okay to read it's right. very layman right. and in that report it actually tells the reader how we did the study to assess what sort of climate risk will impact the exchange trx in years to come 50 years right. 70 years and then knowing those vulnerable climate risk and impacts we then went back to understanding what is it that from a design perspective that we can adapt, that we can then look at resilient design. So this plan is, I think in Asia, apart from Singapore, Malaysia is the second one to deliver this study. It's right. done in-house and the results of the study really help us identify what sort of materials is best fit to be used when we look at designing. We also look at energy efficiency in terms of the building. We're very lucky that Lendlease has a very, I guess, high requirement for how buildings are built. 100% of all building structures are either must meet the goal certification requirement. Yeah. And GBI, is it? Yeah, GBI and LEED. So that is already a mandate for us that we we can only build green buildings. All right. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about the project and also how Lendlease is committed to creating 250 million Aussie dollars in terms of social value and what this translates to in just a moment. I'm here with Dr. Yasmin Rashid from Lendlease. Stay tuned to Her Vantage BFM 89.9. Business-Filled Minds, BFM 89.9. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Her Vantage, and this way we speak to women of influence and leadership, speaking to Dr. Yasmin Rashid from Lend Lease, talking about their sustainability plans. Earlier on, we're talking about the exchange TRX, right? And how you plan to integrate sustainability into your projects, right? Now, how has the climate change adaptation and resilience plan, the CCAR, helped in the development of the exchange TRX? What is its significance? It's significant because it helps us design something that lasts a long time. And that also protects the people that live, work and play around it. And it allows us to also understand the likelihood and consequences of future climate change events that will actually, I guess, interrupt or affect the kind of businesses that will happen there. And with that study, it also helped us identify features that we need to incorporate in order to mitigate the four key climate risks that all of us who work and live in KL will face. Heatwave, it's already getting hotter and it will continue to get hotter. Flooding, ironically, I think 
flood is a big issue. Damages so much properties and it also hampers people from going to work or do their daily activities. Haze, air pollution is also a very serious issue, especially in the city centre when everyone's driving a single vehicle and, you know, all sorts of CO2 out there. And ironically, on top of flooding, we also have water scarcity. And we all know, despite having so much rain, we do have water access problems these days in the city. So knowing and recognizing these four climate risks is important because these will definitely Im- impact how businesses will run in the precinct, right? So these four climate risks were our main risk that we see could affect activities in the development in years to come. And knowing and recognizing these four key items help us then look at, okay, what is it that we need to work on in materiality? What is it that we need to work on in green spaces? What is it that we can look on to not interrupt mobility for communities? What about heat wave? You know, that, that's why we've got a 10-acre park with 180,000 plants to also look at what is it that can actually reduce the temperature in, in the precinct, at the same time give back green space to a place that didn't really have that green spaces. So it really makes us just a bit more agile Mm. when we actually do a study like that to identify what are our risks in terms of environmental. And knowing that allows us to look at mitigating risks that creates opportunities for people. The people will live, work and play there, right? right. To, feel, to feel like they can live there, you know, not, mm-hmm. not have to be stuck inside. <laughs> okay. You know, can you share how Lenny's plans to achieve your pledge of creating a social value of 250 million Aussie dollars by 2025. Yeah, so the social value that we intend to create by 2025 of 250 million Aussie dollars is done through our shared value partnerships, mm-hmm. which are aligned with our framework and the constitution of the Land Lease Foundation. Mm-hmm. So for each partnership that we work in in the countries, whether with a non-profit or with a global NGO, we aim to create a one to five return, like a, a social return of investment. And from there, we are actually calculating uh, and measuring that value from each partnerships that we have established across the globe. Right. We use methodologies, established methodologies, like as mentioned just now, the social return on investment and social impact statements to help us quantify the kind of values we have generated through the partnerships. And then globally, we also collaborate with organizations like the Australian Social Value Bank. Mm -hmm. They are very established in this domain. And what they do is help us ensure that we are consistent and robust in how we measure and track the social value that we create. So to assess the social impact, we then... It's, it's a bit technical, Frida, but we right, then analyze right. the well-being data sets to then understand what kind of social or positive impacts we bring to individuals or society. So we've put a bit of science and methodology mm-hmm. to social impact in land lease with the aim of, you know, being, you know, if you cannot measure, I think it's really hard to tell people right, what you right. have done, right? Yeah. So, you, so measuring is key, yeah. Yes, everything is measurement. What gets measured gets improved, right? Yes. Uh, the social return on investment, just an example, and you don't have to give me the monetary value, but like, what, more happiness? Are we measuring happiness? Are we measuring 
reduce happiness, skills development, livelihood improvement. And then for women, it would be more empowerment. For children, it would be access to education, reduction in poverty. And we are aligned to the UN SDGs as well. So Mm -hmm. we're very well aware on where are some of the key sustainable development goals, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's goal number two or one that we contribute our social value to. Okay. I want to know, what about women empowerment? How, how does that translate? Women empowerment would be either either happiness, confidence, could be also employment, could be also support to their immediate family, like their children. Right. Right. Yeah, right. because anything to reduce the burden on the woman, at the same right. time create opportunities for the woman to go out there and build herself. Right. So it could be employment, it could be childcare, that sort of thing. Yeah, entrepreneurship and all that because everyone, every woman has comes with different challenges, right? Right. So right. we normally have okay. to analyze okay. that and look at what sort of programs would benefit their community. So we, right. we minimize individual kind of a benefit, but look at okay, what women in this PPR require. Right. So and I guess if people go to your website to look at the report, they can sort of see a roadmap of your plans. Yeah, we actually have, like when it comes to the environmental stuff, we've got a very detailed roadmap published Mm -hmm. on our website with timelines and with specific initiatives that we are all running globally together. It's Mm. kind of like a competition between regions as well to see who scores better. (laughs) Okay, you need competition, right? So your work right now will be in the areas of scope one and scope two, right? And I guess when will scope three be addressed or is it already addressed and what would you be looking at? We do have our views on scope three already. We're at, for scope three, we're actually developing a protocol. We're establishing our house view of how we view the scope three emissions because mm-hmm. it's a beast. Scope three is 90% of our emissions, you know. Right. I mean, doing scope one and two also is a challenge. Can and now we're tasked with, okay, Yasmin, you've got 90% of emissions to deal with. Here's scope three. And being land lease, right, we want to look at everything from upstream to downstream. So it's right. it's massive. And what we've done in the last 12 months is really, everyone's talking about scope three right now, but everyone's everywhere. So we've got a house view now. And funnily, you mentioned this, Frida, it's, it's actually also published on our website. But we're not putting out there for people to... We're, we're getting feedback from our stakeholders so that we can actually improve our house view on the scope three emissions. So we're starting now with scope three. We feel that it will take us a lot of time to figure out how to work that. Right. Um, And I guess moving forward, right, how does Land Lease plan to share your expertise? Well, many years ago, we were one of the founding members of the Malaysian Green Building Council. We still are. We still are a corporate player and supporting them. And just recently... We've been doing a lot of scope three, some aspects of scope three work in TRX already. For instance, the life cycle analysis, where we're actually documenting the embodied carbon of every single building material that we use in all the projects. And through this process, we realized that locally, the industry is a little bit, it's moving not moving as fast as we like it to be. So we've gone back to MGBC and uh, we're really offering, you know, like going back there and sharing a lot of knowledge from our sites. So recently we managed to 
sit in a technical committee in MGPC called Carbon Score, which is tackling scope three aspects as well. And we hope that these kind of engagements will provide a bridge for us to share what we have learned, share innovations from our side so that we can actually look at how we can empower and inspire the industry to explore some of the pathways that we have taken. So one of the things that we've done is look at also working with the supply chain. Supply chain is actually a big driver of our scope three emissions. We've got a few projects where we're looking at working with the cement sector to look to innovate greener cement mix for our buildings. We're also working with industry organizations like the Malaysian Master Builders Association to look at where are the opportunities we can share knowledge and experiences with the supply chain. The idea is to provide enough confidence to the supply chain to change. Right. We, right. we need to move together la, with the supply chain, yes, yes. but we, we need to talk to them we need to engage them. We cannot just put down a regulation and say, hey, we can only buy these things. But we don't even know what the supply chain needs to evolve to be more relevant to the industry. So I think in the years to come, it'd be really working the inroads with, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of small companies, SMEs, right? Mm. To help them go on the sustainability journey with us. Right. Exciting times ahead. Plenty of work ahead. A lot. It's been a pleasure speaking to you again. Thank you. I've been speaking to Dr. Yasmin Rashid from Lendlease and you've been listening to Her Vantage. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.